Welcome back to the Original Design Restored podcast. At ODR, we aim to facilitate transformation primarily through intensives and this podcast. I'm Katie Tremonti, and I'm so happy to have you joining us today. This is our third episode on parenting, and this is really looking at purposeful parenting, but not just intentional. What I mean by purposeful parenting today is really looking at making sense of your own story and taking responsibility for the places that you get dysregulated, the places that you get triggered in your parenting, and making the choice to address those places for healing in yourself and to work toward secure attachment for yourself as an adult so that you are a healthier, more whole parent and can be loving, guiding, disciplining from a healthy and whole framework. So in the two previous episodes, we looked at a theology of parenting and really my framework for what I believe parents are called to do based on scripture is that we are called to love, guide, and discipline our kids. And by discipline, I mean train and equip them. And then in the last episode, we looked at the eight big words I wished I had known before I became a parent. And so I just shared all of those words with you and you get to take those and run with those and research those and learn about those as well. And then today, this will not be as point by point. This is more of a look at why and how and and what to do with your own story, taking responsibility for yourself as a person and your healing journey so that you can be a more whole, peaceful, and loving, and present parent. Kurt Thompson, who he wrote The Soul of Shame and Soul of Desire, there was a quote that Adam Young used from Kurt Thompson. So these are two guys that I reference a lot. They have very helpful and gospel-oriented parenting perspectives, and they do a lot more than parenting information. But when I'm looking at my parenting, I have learned a lot from Kurt Thompson's books and from Adam Young's podcast. One of the things, so this is me quoting Adam Young, quoting Kurt Thompson. Kurt Thompson said, we've done the research on parents and children. And when we look at the data about what makes a good parent, the results are clear. It's not how many classes you take. I'm sorry. It's not how many parenting classes you take. It's not how many parenting books you read. Rather, it is the degree to which you have made sense of your own developmental story. Okay. Did you catch that? The thing that makes a good parent is the degree to which you have made sense of your own developmental story. If you want to be a good parent, do story work, heal wounds, address and face what was hurting and broken in your growing up years. That's what makes a good parent. Daniel Siegel from Parenting from the Inside Out, so that's another book that I have referenced so many times in this series. But again, he echoes the same sentiment. In Parenting from the Inside Out, he says, The best predictor of a child's security of attachment to a caregiver is the way the adult has made sense of his or her own childhood experiences. He goes on to say, Making sense of your life is the best gift you can give your child or yourself. And he continues with, it isn't what happened to you in your childhood that is the critical factor. It is how you make sense of how those experiences have influenced your life. This is so key. It's not, the critical factor is not even what happened to you, whether or not you'll be a good parent based on what happened to you. It's how you have made sense of how those experiences influenced you. 
I say only one thing in this episode, that is what I want us to wrap our minds around, wrap our hearts around. What makes you a good parent? What helps you develop secure attachment in and with your children is how you make sense of your story. And it's not even so much what happened in your story that determines whether or not you're going to be a securely attached parent with your children or your children securely attached to you or you being a good parent. It's how you make sense of how those events and those relationships and those experiences influenced you. That is the best gift, as Daniel Siegel said from his book, but the best gift you can give to your children is making sense of your story, understanding how what happened to you, the relational dynamics that you were involved in, how those influenced who you became and how you interact and ultimately how you parent, right? So making sense of your story, of your life, of your growing up years is the single most important thing you can do as a parent. So then with that, it's kind of like wrapping our mind a lot around a lot of information through these episodes. When you're looking at that, one of the things that you will look at is attachment styles. When you're looking at your story and understanding how you attached or how your attachment style was developed, more often than not, most people have an insecure attachment style. And that was ambivalent, or some people call it anxious, avoidant, or disorganized. Those attachment styles, just to be really clear, that's just reflective of the fall on this earth, right? When we, everything we do at ODR, we keep the gospel framework behind that all and looking at that arc for what's happening and why it's happening. We live in a fallen and broken world. So it would make sense that many people would have insecure attachment styles. So all three of those, avoidant, ambivalent, and disorganized, are insecure attachment styles. And that makes sense. Like if we grew up in homes that had a reflective of the fall without the process for dealing with that reality of the fall in our homes, conflict, pain, brokenness, relational dysfunction, etc. If those things were present in our home and there was no framework for the healing and transformation of those things, then it would make sense that we would come out with one of the insecure attachment styles. And then secure attachment is the one attachment style that's not insecure. That is reflective of a parent being responsive, um, perceptive, to their child's emotional state, but also needs and wants, like who their child is. The parent is paying attention to who their child is and is responding and attuning to that child. Secure attachment is probably more rare, just to be honest. What's kind of exciting when we think about secure attachment and as we're adults making sense of our story and we understand, oh, I probably, most likely, some of you may have secure attachment style and may identify as securely attached and I'm so happy for you. So for this moment, and we're not speaking to you, but for all of us who have one of the insecure attachment styles, there is this thing that we can work toward called earned secure attachment. So as adults, when we identify insecure attachment style, like having an insecure attachment style, there is still hope to be able to relate from an earned secure place. We can develop grow, transform into having an earned secure attachment style as an adult. And so what are the hallmarks of security, of secure relationship? In Soul of Desire by Kurt Thompson, I'm going to read two quotes from him. Relationally, there are three things that create security. So he says, these three needs, this is what we need in relationship. These three needs to be seen, soothed, and safe make way for the fourth to be secure. And those four words are collectively referred to in this, in the book as the four S's. Seen, soothed, and safe are what creates secure relationship, secure relating. 
create security in relationship. And so then he goes on to say, it is significant to realize that the four S's, although they developed in early childhood, are necessary for growth and integration throughout our lives. Our need to be seen, soothed, safe, and secure never stops. The only question is who is providing those experiences for us? So we've been talking a lot about parenting and parenting words and parenting framework and theology of parenting. One of the things that I want to look at today is your development as a person, your security as a person. And so the question is, who in your life, what relationships in your life are you experiencing the feeling of being seen, soothed, and safe? Those are critical to developing security in relationship. It's this idea that, yes, children, we want to help our children develop secure attachment, but we also have to reflect and recognize that we also need secure attachment, that emotionally and relationally to develop and to continue to grow even along our adult lifespan, we have emotional and relational needs of being seen, soothed, and safe to develop into a secure attachment or security of relationship. So my question for you is, where do you experience being seen, soothed, and safe? Where do you feel secure because you're experiencing those three aspects? It is important for you to experience those things for your own heart and to feel what that feels like to be seen, to be soothed, to be safe, relationally and emotionally. So we can be talking about all these parenting concepts, but it's important to apply them to ourselves as well. We talk about attunement. We're primarily in this season talking about parenting, so attuning to our children. But as adults, we still want and need others to attune to us. And so an adult relationship, as a healthy adult, I do want others to attune to me. I do want others to receive my emotional state and be aware of where I am and welcoming where I am. And it's significant in my friendships in my relating with other adults to attune to them as well. I share these things because a lot of us have not had these experiences. And so we get to work toward developing relationships where there is attunement, where there is feeling seen, soothed, and safe. We get to foster these things in our adult relationship and practice them and then adult relationships and practice them and then also offer them to our children. But I think before we're even just working to offer them to our children, yes, absolutely make efforts for your children to be seen, soothed, and safe so that they feel secure in their relationship with you. But then ask yourself, are you experiencing that? Where are you getting filled up in those places as well? And then jumping off from that because that is really the goal of developing secure attachment and secure relationship for yourself and within yourself. Now we want to cycle back to, okay, we are doing these things to become whole and healthy as adults. What else can we be addressing to then be whole and healthy parents to our kids? And that goes back to the quote at the beginning, making sense of your story, your developmental story, your growing up years is the best gift you can give to your children. So developing healthy relationships, secure relationship, offering to others, them being seen, soothed, safe, and secure in your relationship, but also asking for that and experiencing that in relationship with others is key to your own health. But now what we want to also look at is, have you made sense of your story? 
the best thing you can do for your parenting, for your relationship with your children is making sense of your growing up story and not just being able to tell the story, but making sense of how it influenced you and shaped you for who you become, who you became, who you are, how you relate. This is the single most significant thing you can do for your children. If you haven't made sense of your story, I highly encourage you to take a step in that direction. And when you do, you are making generational change. So whatever has followed you from your mom, from your dad, from your grandparents, from your great-grandparents, from your great-great-grandparents that has not been stopped and addressed and altered, you get to be the one when you start making sense of your story of changing that pattern, of changing that type of dysfunction, of changing that type of harm, of changing broken ways of relating. When you start to make sense of your story, you are affecting generational change by the power of God as you invite him in to heal and transform what has been broken before you and asking him to not let it continue on through you. So I think to make this make sense, questions for you as you begin to make sense of your story or take steps towards making sense of your growing up years, what wounded you or harmed you growing up? And how did you make sense of it in that moment? That doesn't mean that that's the truth of what happened. Just how did you make sense of it to get through? How did you make sense of it to survive in the reality that you were in? And then what would it look like for you to heal from that? So in my own story, there were a few key points that I needed to make sense of. And as I did, my parenting changed. And that's what's, that's what these quotes from the beginning are saying. They're saying making sense of your story and how it has influenced you, how it has shaped you, how it is impacting how you relate and behave. As you make sense of that, you have the opportunity to become a better parent. And for me, making sense of my story shifted how I parented. So two examples from my life, from my story. Um, when the boys were little, my boys were little and things would get chaotic or there would be problematic behavior, I would often become dysregulated. And remember at the time, I didn't know what that word was. So I didn't know I was dysregulated. I would be just really stressed or angry or afraid and I would yell. And I know by the look in their faces that it hurt their hearts, right? And I hate that. The truth was I was reacting out of wounding somewhere in me, out of a belief somewhere in me that needed to be undone. I shared a quote um, in the last season that trauma comes back as a reaction not a memory. So there were unhealed things in me that when our daily life with little boys got chaotic or potentially dangerous, I would become dysregulated or become triggered and I would be responding from a dysregulated state where I was angry or afraid or anxious and I would be explosive. So my dysregulation came out as explosiveness and would yell to try to make the behavior stop. That is not healthy. And while I worked on that behavior, minimizing yelling, right, it wasn't until I began to address what was underneath the surface that those responses, those reactions were easily minimized. I can much more easily bring down the reactivity, the dysregulation, the explosiveness when I was aware of the emotional state and more specifically, either the lie beneath that emotional state or the wounding beneath that emotional state. And for me, 
I would react strongly because I was often afraid and it would come out as anger. I was afraid that something bad, really bad was going to happen. So these little people are getting chaotic and maybe dangerous. And yes, they need to, they need to be stopped. That's absolutely true. But it wasn't that they needed to continue on in the dangerous or problematic or chaotic behavior. And they weren't really that dangerous. They were very tiny now that I look back on it then. But in the moment, it felt so big and so scary to me. In those moments, the reality was out of proportion based on my dysregulated state and I was reacting to this fear inside of me that something terrible terrible would happen and I would be unable to prevent it. So I'd become explosive to make it stop. And so as I began to address my own fear, my own emotional state, my own framework in those moments, I was able to be with them in a more regulated place that wasn't just perpetuated by fear. So for me, healing some false beliefs, some disproportionate perspectives on what was actually happening, on healing places of fear and just lies around that, I began to be able to be more regulated even in chaotic environments. I began to be able to regulate those environments by making behavior stop from a calm place instead of exploding all over the situation trying to make it stop. So when we have internal dissonance in us towards our kids' behavior, and that can be explosive dissonance or implosive where we explode on the inside and we shut down externally and and all of our emotion is just caving in on itself inside us. When we have dissonance, and whether we express that as an explosion or an implosion, when we have internal dissonance with our kids' behavior and cannot respond well or calmly or from a connected space, that dissonance or that dysregulation or that trigger points to something in us that needs to be addressed. Okay, so this is the thing. Our kids' behavior is never an excuse for us to have harmful or relationally destructive behavior. This has shifted so much for me because it meant me taking ownership of how I react and respond even in the most difficult moments of parenting. And yes, there's grace. I'm a human. I'm going to mess up and I have a lot. And I've had to apologize and repair a lot with my kids. But it's a total mindset shift when I realize their behavior is never an excuse for me to behave badly, right? My kid's behavior is never an excuse for me to be explosive or reactive. It's never an excuse for me to shame or belittle. Like their behavior is them and it is on me to respond as a whole and healthy adult, as a whole and healthy mom in their life. And that takes healing work. That is why making sense of your story is what is the key factor to being a good parent because what you haven't made sense of in your story is most likely where you will be triggered in your parenting reality. And honestly, there are probably a lot of things in your story that were never triggered prior to you becoming a parent and you became a parent and these things get triggered or you feel dysregulated and it is disorienting and confusing because you never struggled with these things before and then now it's all at the surface. That is God's gift to you to face and address and pursue the healing of what has been under the surface hurting for a long time. That is your opportunity to make sense of how your growing up years 
shaped you and influenced you and how you relate and how you interact and how you react so that you get to pursue healing and wholeness and growth and transformation. Parenting is one of the most refining fires if we will give ourselves to the process of what it points out in us and allowing God to heal. And it is a gift to let those things come to the surface rather than assuming that we just need our kids to behave better better, or do something differently or act right, quote unquote, which is just ridiculous, but act right for us to be okay. Our kids' behavior, that's on them. And yes, we're called to love, guide, and discipline. But really, truly, how we react is always on us. So if we are triggered, if we are dysregulated, if we are imploding and completely shutting out when we're in relationship with our kids and things are not going well, if we're exploding and being loud and big and reactive, that is on us to find out why and pursue the healing of those things. One more quote that I want to leave you with from Daniel Siegel in Parenting from the Inside Out. He says, it is never too late to make sense of your life to help your children, be they toddlers, adolescents, or even adults. Making sense of your story and how it has influenced you is one of the best gifts you can give to yourself and your children. Thank you for being here today. To learn more about Original Design Restored, our intensives, and what we're about, head over to our website. And finally, as you go your own way, may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord turn his face towards you and give you peace. 